We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Bricky CPK, joined by BSJ, who's coming fresh off uh, so a lot of casting. <laughs> a lot of casting yeah, to say. It's been a least. long day. You it's, been know, a long it's, day. Uh, it's a real grind here. We're all going through it together, though. So it's been uh, been a good experience. Just tiring. Yeah. But nothing wrong with that. I bet it's it's crazy to think because uh, here you are, I guess, this is what really the second week you've been here or been there uh, at the, or going to the BTS studio um, because, you know, last week uh, we'll talk about it, but other regions happening. But of course, the EU slash CIS region kicked off uh, just a couple of days ago. And now this is where the real crime I mean, for the next, well, like two and a half weeks or so. Uh, going to be casting some Dota, so that that's uh, sounds fun, but at the same time, that that's going to be a grind. It sounds like, yeah, not not a single day off for about twenty three days. So we, uh, <laughs> it's it, you kind of get used to it in the sense that you're like, okay, here we go again. But your body, it does not get used to it. So figuring out one step at a time. But the Dota itself has been really good, and that part of it's been super enjoyable. And uh, I wouldn't take it back, but by no means am I saying i would 
gladly do it again right after. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. It's definitely. I've had some longer events myself, and it's one of the uh, going into. It, I've had two and a half week long events. Uh, uh, the one uh, one of the we play events. I was actually almost there for yeah, a little over two weeks, and uh, it's like you know going into you're so, you're super excited. You're like, okay, this is gonna be a lot of fun. But then by that you know fifth sixth day, you kind of realize, wow, I'm like not even halfway done yet. It's it's a lot more a lot more to go. But uh, hey, at the same time, like you said, there could be certainly m- many worse things, and ultimately uh, a great game that uh, that we definitely love to watch so um anyways with that said guys i'm excited to be here uh worth pointing out i'm sure you guys uh kind of tuning in to the podcast or even watching the live stream uh we did not up here last week uh you know bsj was again talk about being busy especially with the other regions that really kind of screwed up the time schedule there uh for for him but uh with the european and cis region a little more friendly and uh thus uh able to make this weekend you know of course hopefully future weeks uh to come happen so uh just a point on that and as far as this episode goes though guys we're gonna be talking a lot more about the esl event uh but also we're gonna be joined uh just a short couple of minutes here by mss uh formerly of chaos of course, I say it formally because no longer chaos, but now known as Quincy Crew. And uh, excited to talk with him and uh, see how things are going and, and whatnot. So that'll be in a couple minutes. But uh, I figure before we bring him on, you know, going back to the ESL events, the North American region, uh, one that he, of course, uh, participated in just uh, last week even. Um, Quincy Crew ultimately getting the runner-up. They lost to Evil Geniuses in the finals. Uh, the ES, uh, ESL event three to one, but uh, the NA region. You also had teams. Uh, so it's EG Quincy Crew Business Associates uh, with Moo Nine Brax Moos and Fear, of course, and then Crazy, uh, uh, Crazy a mix of some players there: Skitter, Bryo, Kazu, Aoi Two Thousand, and uh, Moo Meander. Their roster. So only four teams, but uh, definitely a solid uh, four teams there. So, what do you think about the NA region? Overall, uh, it's clear that we're a step down from watching uh, SCA and uh, EU, but I think overall it was good. It was fun to watch Dota, and it was Dota I'm very familiar with in regards to the heroes I see in pubs and the players I see in the game. So that part of it was pretty cool uh, just to – it's weird to watch Dota in a way that you know all the players, you know all their personalities. You can literally envision, you know, this is what they're thinking or saying during their game as something's happening to them when they're, like, losing mid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely unique for me in that way. But overall, uh, definitely definitely uh, a bit sloppy, but in the way we all know and love in a Dota to be. So taking a little bit of a step back here, I guess it's worth pointing out, especially since we weren't on last week, because uh, within that time, this is when all this announcement happened and everything, the ESL event itself, to be clear what's going on. So they, they decided, obviously, with the cancellation, essentially, of the land event and the DPC season essentially on a hold right now on top of that, um, they, they're they like, you know, we still want to throw something. And so they changed it to an online format. It's no longer an official DPC event. It's just simply an ESL event. But there's still good money on the line. There's good money on the line, but obviously with it being online, they do have to do it by somewhat region-based. Again, the only unique one is the European and CIS regions are playing together, figuring they're close enough, not having to deal with the latency too much uh, compared to other regions. They can play together, get some ultimate format going there. Uh, but they also invited, you know, other teams that didn't necessarily qualify for the major to make up uh, all these regions and have it play out. So that idea itself, I mean, it, 
again, it's obviously a win for ESL in the sense that they still now get some solid content out of it. But it is really cool to, to certainly see them stepping up pretty quickly, honestly, in terms of when the land was supposed to be and how quickly they had to react to it. Um, yeah, I think this was actually a great substitute for putting something on. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're making uh, lemonade out of lemons or whatever you want to call it. I think they had to, the show must go on. I think I've heard as I've been here and everyone wants Dota. The players are at home playing Dota. So might as well make use of that and make use of a planned event. And I think it's kind of setting up for things to be coming. I think we'll be seeing a lot more of this next year, obviously with the league system, Mm -hmm. but also kind of just forced upon us a bit early by everything going on in the world. And I think it's a good direction ahead overall. And I'm looking forward to this being more of like the forerunner for everything that should probably be soon to come. Yeah. And it's also a little bit of a take back. I was thinking about this too. Um, especially for myself, a little bit older, not to age myself too much, but uh, as far as the esports <laughs> side of things go, uh, when majority of the events, a hefty majority, were more online-based. You know, you had the full-on events online-based. And, of course, the restrictions there is it is by region-based, and we really haven't gotten over that hurdle yet, unfortunately. But it does take – it is a little bit of a flashback for me, and I'm sure many others, that – Hell, even the early Dota 2 days, of course, original Dota, Han, you know, come from that CS 1.6, etc. StarCraft, keep going on. Obviously, in the last five, six years plus, we've come to know a lot of these full-on events being these lands and everything, and we certainly look forward to those happening once again. But uh, it wasn't too long ago (laughs) where these events were kind of as we are at now. So, I mean, I guess that's almost to help put things in perspective somewhat or maybe just help people remind people that, you know, not even 10 years ago, this is exactly what would have happened anyways uh, when it comes to competitive gaming and as we know it now today uh, with eSports. So it is kind of a nice look back there. And as you pointed out, too, it's ultimately a preview, essentially, of what maybe the new DPC season will be uh, when it comes to next uh, next year there. So, yeah, a couple different ways to look at it. But uh, let me actually see if MSS is ready. Get to join us. Feel free to hop on. Got that commentary going on. It's been a while since I've done commentary, man. I got to say, you, you're grinding it out yourself. Uh, by the way, that third game, holy crap. <laughs> that was uh, That was something. That whole series was something, man. Yeah. Oh, there he is. There we go. It looks like uh, MSS, we cannot hear you. Make sure you're not muted. There we oh, go. There now go. we hear you. How's yeah, it going? Yeah. Welcome to the show. Um, doing all right. Chilling. <laughs> Chilling. Uh, yeah, it's it's a unique time right now, to say the least, uh, with everything going on. So how are you? Uh, how are you keeping busy? What are you doing uh, as uh, times are so different right now? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm just, I mean, very unproductive right now, uh, to be completely honest. <laughs> I feel like most of my days I'm just chilling, watching random YouTube videos and just killing time. Right on. Yeah. Not like as that. Not as much. Do- I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's pretty hard to get motivated right now. I mean, I. I mean, it'll probably fade away soon, but like currently it's pretty hard to like, you know, get that feeling to want to play Dota, like grind Dota right now. Do you guys have anything like coming after, up after, at all? Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, like we're playing in all the online tournaments right now. But yeah, it's not the same feeling, you know, as, as like a, a land tournament. I mean, this is just me personally. 
No, I, I hear you. It's it's all, you know again. This is a very unique situation, of course, with uh, everything going on, and uh, it, it's got to adapt. But at the same time, it's uh, understandable if I mean because things aren't the same, frankly. And, and you know, kind of speaking of that, I I do got to ask with the whole. You're in also a somewhat unique position as several others. Your organization, unfortunately, with chaos, uh, decided to uh, decided to drop you guys. What was uh, what was was that a surprise to you when that happened? And what was the deal with that? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, we kind of just like uh, got the news out of nowhere. Like Jack came down to the practice room and he was like, "Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're getting booted, pretty much." And uh, we kind of had to figure out what to do from there. I mean, there's not much to do to me. It's like, that's just life. Like, we, we don't really have much in control. For me, back when I tried to do my Tier 3 team run and everything, we were having issues getting on, like, getting a sponsor in the first place. And for teams like mine, it, it made sense that people were hesitant to sponsor us. But you guys are a team that has consistently qualified for majors and minors. You were at TI. Why do you think it's so difficult to maintain a sponsor for you guys like obviously you guys don't have any conflicting players is it just the market at an a you feel like or yeah that definitely has to do with it uh, i mean one is like the sustainability right like it's very expensive to to like uh, support any team and i mean i mean and you're just like you're pretty much gonna lose a lot of money and so if you're willing to do it willing to do that you're gonna sponsor any team um i mean this is a weird time too because like with all the, with the disease and like not quite, like not playing at live tournaments, that that gave them like a reason, like per se, to drop us. That so that's what pretty much happened. Does that does that like consistency affect you guys? You think at all over the last couple of years? I know you guys don't always have the exact same roster, but I know for me it was a pretty big stressor to worry about that outside of Dota, does that really affect you guys at all? Or does like Jack kind of manage it mainly for you guys or Are you talking about like roster wise? Say it again. Wait, when, when you mean, when you mean consistency, you mean like uh, roster wise? Yeah, no, I'm not saying roster. I'm saying organization wise, oh, like okay. even last year when you got dropped before TI and then like, does that affect the team? Like, cause I, you guys, I'm not saying you've always had the same roster, but you, you've had similar players on your team. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, mostly we've been like the same three to four players. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, for orgs, uh, I mean, you always want to like be on the same org for like as long as possible. And uh, I mean, these past two like big orgs we we're on, like Ford and uh, Chaos, those were just, I feel like they're kind of special cases. <laughs> like um, the Ford one was a weird one for sure because they, le- they legit just went back bankrupt, right? And uh, I mean, in that case, we, it actually benefited us because it was right before TI, and we ended up like being the quote unquote winners of that, uh, like you know, dissolve. Because we got we got a lot more money than we should have. That's <laughs> uh, and for the chaos thing, it's uh, I mean, when you get dropped, it's like you just gotta move on, pretty much. Like you'll you'll, you'll find something, like eventually. I mean, right now it's gonna be pretty hard, like. To be honest, it's gonna be really hard to get another org until like things settle down. But uh, yeah, I mean it sucks because you know we lose our we lose our salary during this time. But that's just life. Like you just got to deal with it, pretty much. Respect that, man. Yeah, no, obviously a good attitude to have about it. Uh, gotta gotta keep keep rolling. 
With currently no NBA, NHL, MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, esports, events, and games to wagers on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertaining betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit BetOnline website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And speaking of that, you guys already mentioned it before we had you come on. You uh, finished uh, the runner-up in the North American region. You gave uh, EG a run for the money in the uh, the finals there, ultimately losing the series 3-1. to one. But uh, you, you, how was it playing in that online event first off? And uh, what, what did you think of the result in the end? Were, were you satisfied being the runner-up there? Um, yes and no, I guess. I don't know. That, that tournament kind of... It felt like we are pretty much winging it, to be honest. Like, yep. It was definitely not some, like, try-hard, like, we're, you know, we're putting in 100% for this. Uh, but, I mean, we were, like, trying our best in games, for sure. Um, to be honest, the competition wasn't that tough, except for EG. <laughs> so, um, we kind of breezed through the, like, the group stage. And then once the grand finals happened, I would say EG, were, they were more prepared. And they they definitely like had more uh, <laughs> like strats, I would say, because uh, during that time they were they were like 100% playing more puzzle than us. Like that was the one thing during that time. Uh, most of our players weren't playing that many, that many pubs, so like they definitely had that over us. All right. Well, Interesting question right. I've got for you personally, just because I'm wondering when you because this came up for me recently because I've been casting ESL and I. I played a few pubs last night and I hadn't played for a week and a half and I was terrible. Uh, I was wondering for you, like how long does it usually take to become rusty for yourself? And how long does it usually take you to get back on track as a player when it comes to like pubs and stuff? Getting rusty. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty hard. Cause like, even if I don't play, like when I say I don't play pubs, like I'll play like one or two, like a day or something. Okay. And that's what I mean. And, and like, of course, I'm not, I'm not including scrims. So I'm like, I'm playing scrims as well. And so like, I, I usually don't get rusty, but like not playing a lot of posts, but, but what, I, I know what you're talking about. But when I do like actually just not play Dota. Yeah. Time, like it'll, it'll probably be like a week, a week, a week or two. And okay. then you're like, then like when you, when you play your first pub back, you, you're like, oh, holy shit. Oh, what's, what's happening? Uh, but for me, it will take like, uh, it'll probably take one day. Like if I play like eight games in one day, like I'll probably get back. Yeah, it's pretty crazy for me yeah. when I feel that. I was just curious from your perspective. Uh, it'll, it'll probably take like three to four games before it's like things are feeling normal, and then, and then you just start uh, getting accustomed to. It, kind of curious with, with everything going on right now, and again, this whole format change with the SL, of course, now with the online format and competing in the North American region only as a result. Um, we've also got the announcement recently for DPC next season that it's got, you know, you got the regional seasons there. So it's going to be that online play, a lot of that happening. 
Is is there party? Could you see? Would you be fine if things transition more to an online play as of right now? Because again, we we really don't know, right? You know where things are going to end up right now. We already know Cycle Four is not happening. Cycle Five's up in the air. Um, would you be cool with that idea, or do you think there's something about lands that you just you would really miss, and you hope those come back sooner than later? Uh, I mean, I would always like I would always like lands to be a thing. Um, but if it was only online play right now, it's like I would, I would just go with it because like that's the only thing we have right now. So, like I would be down for online like uh, leagues and, and tournaments. Uh, it would also like get us used to, to like what's gonna come, in the next DPC circuit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it should be interesting. Yeah, what was your re- – obviously, this was before this all happened now, but when you heard about next season and uh, the whole regional ladders and everything, or regional seasons, um, what uh, what was your reaction to that idea? Uh, I mean, it was, I was pretty – I was, in, like, interested and, like, kind of weirded out, but I was mostly happy because, like, that system benefits teams like uh, like us. Like, if, if we were to play in that, like – system like this year or last year like we would be qualified for ti pretty much hmm. sure i mean that, that's that's how i saw it so like it definitely benefits like teams like us probably doesn't benefit like the secrets and the like egs and uh all, all those teams uh, uh the one thing i was uh, curious about was like how it would affect the rosters like uh okay. like eg like you know they have to they have uh abid and they have ramses and they would have to like stay in NA longer, because like they they don't usually stay in NA for that long, like currently. Yeah, it's usually just for the qualifiers, I guess, right? And then they're pretty much back yeah, to their right. wherever they're from. They yeah. Go back home. And then when the land happens, yeah, that's a good point, actually. That that's definitely an interesting take on it. So. Because some adapting would need to happen, but uh, yeah, it's more and more recently we have you, you guys yourself, Biver, obviously a part of your team uh, from I believe Denmark. There, uh, former former Han guy. Shout out to Biver. Always fun to see him successful. I'm sure he talks about that all the time. No, um, but uh, but yeah, that, that that is an interesting point actually. Um, what what do you, what do you think about your current team chemistry? By the way, you know you got to, you said you've had a somewhat of a core, but the current roster that you have, are you you think you guys are in a good spot? Again, you, you did qualify. Not to remind you, you know, I guess it's almost negative right now because with the land and everything that unfortunately got uh, canceled as a whole. But uh, you guys are looking really good uh, up until that point. You happy with the roster right now? Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, like coming into the you know the. The LA major that was supposed to happen, I was very confident. Like mm-hmm. the boot camp coming into it, like we were doing very good in scrims. Like I was, I was expecting at least like a top eight or top six at that major. Like that, like we were, ge- we were like gelling super well at that time. And uh, I think we have a lot of potential for sure. Uh, we're kind of like slacking off right now, which is pretty bad. But uh, you know, if we're all in tryhard mode, like I feel like we can be a top eight team in the world like, for, like easily right. i think we have the players to do it and we like the thing about this team is like the mindset of most of our players are really good like they're very willing to learn and listen to each other which is like a very positive thing for us definitely um kind of on that note too do you, do you guys feel confident with the current patch do you like the patch and where it's at or do you like to see so i mean you're always going to want to see changes i'm sure but do you like the current patch yeah, I think it's 
it's pretty balanced for the most part. I mean, there's some like some heroes kind of need to get tweaked a little, uh, but I think it's in a pretty good place. Like people are starting to figure out some some more heroes that they're like starting to spam that they see potential in. So like, I think we're in a good spot right now. For the most part, yeah. I like. I don't think it's gotten to the point where it's like super stale yet. But, like people are still trying to like experiment with stuff. Yeah. BSJ, anything else from yourself? Well, uh, I'm curious. Uh, this is this is like a completely out of the blue question, but obviously I've been playing more offline in pubs, and I'm wondering in NA if you have a similar experience to me where do you pretty much just get hard counterpicked every single game you play pubs? And if so, like, how do you practice for carrying in your games? Cause like in, in professional matches, it's actually your job to like take over the game as an offliner sometimes. So is that all you, do you only get that practice in scrims or do you have a different pub experience than I do? I mean, pubs are <laughs> playing offline in pubs is a real mixed bag. Cause uh, most of the time you're laning with a really bad player. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so the thing is, like, I mean, that's another reason why I don't like to play pubs at home. Because, <laughs> like, I'm not motivated to play these pubs. Because, uh, uh, I mean, I've always been a believer in uh, scrims are way better practice. Like, you get to see more, like, realistic situations. Uh, in, in in these pubs I play, um, I just kind of just YOLO it for the most part. Like, you're, you're not going to see much. You're, you're pretty much going to see two supports. It's like the, the way the system is. You can see two so far. I just pick a random hero, hope for the best. And, and you know, hopefully this hero is strong enough to, like, get something, you know. And I just think a lot of people, like, that are watching always ask me, like, what do you pick in pubs? And I'm like, well, maybe I'll ask somebody who, you know, is a known professional offlaner. Because <laughs> for me, I just get hard countered with a Tangelier 4. And I just get shit on. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I mean, it's gotten to the point where, like, uh, I mean, I just don't care about MMR anymore. So I don't really, like, if I cared about MMR... I would be like furious. Like I would be getting so mad. That makes sense. But like I actually stopped caring and just like try to focus on like what I can get from these pubs, <laughs> which is pretty, you know, minimal in my opinion. Yeah. Because after a certain point, you're not <laughs> like things just go crazy, well, especially in sure. the pubs. Like after like 10 minutes, any pubs are like free for all. It's, it's kind of weird to think, right? Like, again, the comparisons to traditional sports, like I think basketball, for example, like, it, the comparison would be, you know, your NBA athletes going to their the park or whatever and playing some pickup games with some random people. Like, obviously, they're expecting to be way better. And, you know, how much would they really get out of it? I guess it, the idea is it kind of just keeps you in shape enough to kind of go into the motions to help you when it comes to pub play. But certainly, uh, I, I can see it being a frustrating and uh, maybe not all the time a big time learning experience so it's interesting to oh. kind of compare that yeah for sure i mean uh that's like the main main thing you can take away from pubs is like it'll help you uh be mechanically good like uh, it'll keep that like consistent um yeah i mean it's just pretty rough for offlaners like mids and carries in my opinion they're like the easiest i feel like i feel like most most mids and carries should be like nine at least nine point five now. I feel like Dang. that's how easy it is. <laughs> that's the how call easy out. It <laughs> nice. I mean uh, if if they if they care about MMR. That's that's the big Okay. Part. Like if I feel like if you care about MMR, you're like super triarity and pubs, it actually should be pretty easy to climb now. Like especially because it's like plus plus thirty, minus thirty all the time. So like yeah. it should be easy if you're like super tryhard, counter picking everything, last pick carry or whatever, last pick mid. Gotcha, gotcha. 
All right, well, MSS, I think uh, that just about does it here. Really, obviously, appreciate you having you on. Uh, definitely, uh, thanks for taking uh, taking some time to join us. And any shout outs, uh, anything else before we do let you go here? Um, yeah, shout out to my sponsors, Oxygen and Water. You know, they keep me alive. <laughs> they let me play Dota. So uh, yeah, nice. that's pretty much it. Right on. All oh, the sponsors. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. All right, MSS, obviously stay safe, man. Uh, Good luck and moving forward. We'll be watching, and uh, best of luck to you, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, BSJ, there we go. Got to be joined by MSS there because he's been around for a while. And did he – does he come from the Dota days as well, or did he start more in Dota? I actually meant to ask him that. Oh, well. Uh, But I know – look at – yeah, right. right. No, he's gone. Gone forever. Whatever. Uh, no. But obviously, big shout out to him for, for joining us. And he has been around. Even you look at his Liquipedia page, it's it's kind of crazy to see. Like He's been on nearly every major organization, <laughs> from Fnatic to Evil Geniuses to the yeah, more recent one. Like, he really has been uh, been around. And it's like one of those takes, right, where it's like that, that can be seen as good and bad, I guess, but to kind of hopping around a lot. But let, let's be honest, a majority of the Dota 2 scene, especially if you've been playing since the early days, 2012, et cetera, uh, that it's kind of, that's going to happen for the majority of the players. There's very few that have a, you know, very limited amount of teams, of course. So, uh, but uh, smart Dota player, happy to have him on and uh, looking forward to seeing how they continue to do. Cause it's, it's again, we, we had on, um, God, I'm blanking on his name now. We, we, our, our last guest of uh, NIP, help me out here. Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> I wanted to say Gunner, and I'm like, I know that's not it. I shouldn't say that. It's close. Uh, Tanner, Gunner. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. There you go. Uh, anyways, we had Tanner on, but again, same situation. The idea that they qualify for this major, they qualify for this land, super excited. And MSS has even pointed out there, you know, that he felt really good about this. All top six. He would have been predicting almost for his team. Like, that's – and that was confidence, and for good reason, especially being a local land in that sense. But, um, yeah, got, got pulled uh, from underneath them, But – Obviously, a lot has changed for many people, but uh, it's good to see at least, uh, you know, adapting and moving forward, uh, making the best of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like everyone's doing their best. They all interpreted it all their own way, but some rosters are moving. And uh, right now, it's kind of funny to see all the smorgasbord of teams (laughs) thrown together because you're locked into your region. And there's a lot of teams like EG that just have foreign players. So it's been funny to see the, I'm kind of segueing into the CSL one LA major thing going on here where it's kind of like really high level pubs that are organized. You know, it's almost like an in-house league of, but you get the same teammates every single time. Mm -hmm. And maybe a couple of them are from your professional team. It's just like, OG is, effectively three of the members and then they took Seb back and they they brought in uh 33 from alliance or previously from alliance uh, another topic of the discussion but uh i've been enjoying the games a lot and it's like slightly sloppy dota in the sense that you can tell they're not almost you know all the teams are full-on teams but then you have teams like Secret who are kind of just like peak form, they're secret, so they're just going to do their thing. They have the full roster. Uh, and somehow, like every game we've had, or every series we've had, both for the most part, has gone to three games. <laughs> and 
I'm not paid by the game. So <laughs> Come on, teams. <laughs> are really long, and we would appreciate if OG would take the second game serious. Nah, it was really fun. I was casting that series, obviously. It was a, they almost lost a, that third game, man. Yeah, I know. I, I actually had a really good time casting it, but the fact is we started 4 a.m. every day, and yeah. we ended about 4 p.m. today. So it's, uh, it's like... We came in today seeing Nigma versus Cyber Legacy and OG versus Bait, and we're like, we're getting out of here in seven hours, boys. Like, we're, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be a quick day, but uh, that was not the case at all. Last thing I thought I was gonna be was late for this podcast. Yeah, for damn sure, because every other day we've gotten out before four p.m. and so lo and behold, the day that we were all like, yes, it's gonna be over very quick today. Complete opposite result there so yeah uh but yeah it's been a good time like i said and you said uh go ahead what was your next topic of conversation i've been blabbling i've been up for too long <laughs> fun uh yeah d- definitely shout out to you bsj i know I, like i said i've done a couple of those myself i can only imagine but yeah the, the long grind days man uh for for joining us here but um yeah four four best of fours every or four best of four four best of threes Every day, so the potential of even twelve games is there. Uh, so for for some longer days, but um, kind of going back to before we continue, well, let's just kind of recap real quickly about the other regions uh, before we uh, get sure. a little bit more into the European and CIS region. Um, so you know, not not a lot to talk about here, but you got South America. You had the winner of that being Beast Coast as they defeated No Ping Esports in the finals. Um, out in Southeast Asia, you had uh, what was it? Fnatic, yeah, Fnatic. Fnatic beat Adroit. They yeah, beat Adroit, Adroit. yes. Yeah. Uh, to for TLDR for anyone who didn't watch the event at all, uh, it was pretty much a same script. Where in the group stage, the team that came in favored Fnatic, uh, EG as well as Beast Coast just kind of dropped the ball in at least one series in case of Fnatic two series. And they were almost eliminated in the group stage. <laughs> and then all of them put their tryhard pants back on, or maybe, you know, gathered together as a team and said, we need to focus these teams are not bad enough for us to just clown on them or whatever. And all, all of them came from the lower bracket. Every single one of them came from the lower bracket, meaning they got second or third in their group. And they won that game in the best of three. And then they all pretty much just owned the finals. Yeah, EG only won 3-1, but all of them were relatively convincing. And it was kind of just like the the best team won in the end. But it, they did not look like the best team for the entirety of, of the event. As uh, MSS said, they took the series off EG in the group stage. And every team, obviously, that lost the finals did beat the team they lost to in the group stage because they were all at the top of their bracket 3-0 mm-hmm. uh, after the group stage. All all regions were four teams. They all played each other in a round robin. And, uh, yeah, so overall, it's kind of funny. I'm like, is this deja vu? Every single freaking finals is just the lower bracket team that we all thought would win in the first place just taking it all, so... Uh, good games, though. I, I, I thought it was cool to see every region's interpretation of the meta. You know, for NA, Terrorblade, Wraith King every single game. And SCA, we're seeing, like, Grimstroke Ricky every game. And in <laughs> uh, SA, we're seeing, like, a lot of, like, first-round SS clockworks and stuff like that. So, uh, slightly different take. And now, now we're seeing EU, different, like, Coddle's a huge hero here. Coddle, Coddle Ember 
has been massive. So uh, wherever you're from, you can definitely learn a lot from any region in terms of uh, the heroes they're making use of. And I also think it's funny because they really reflect what the region's about, you know? Uh, what, sure. what, what does Terrorblade Wraith King scream out to you from the North American region? And the simple answer is a lot of creeps will be hit, so... Uh, it's, it's a good example there. A lot of RTZ going on. Have you ever? Have you been watching much of it yourself? I I've been chiming in here and there. I honestly haven't been watching too much of it, much as I would like. I I am starting to pay attention more to the European series because you know to be to be blunt about it, I'm sure I'm definitely not alone <laughs> to say this. The European CIS one was like was the one where I'm like, okay, this actually is interesting to me. You know, we do got a lot of these good teams clashing. It is way better, Dota. I'll tell you, you're not. <laughs> that's not some you know, false yeah. understanding of whatever. Yeah, like I had a secret liquid yesterday. I mean, again, two really big teams going out, obviously. So it's certainly uh, uh, and it, oh, liquid fanboy here. As, as I knows, saw you so. in chat. Let's go liquid. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the series happened and then you know, typical liquid. Against, to be fair, secret, secret was yeah. like I, I was trying to like view the game from liquid's perspective and i was like yeah they don't want to fight right now because like dpl's on cooldown and stuff slark's like 600 gold from defusal and every single time i could look at their lineup and say they just want to chill for a bit secrets just like ramming it down their throat and it it was so it was a clinic by secret in a way that's like secret has their own way of doing things and so does og but when these teams watch it you just like have to emulate it in some way you can't beat it unless you are better than them at their own strategy because they're just so good. And to be fair to Liquid, like anybody in the world playing Secret at that form would just get stomped. Like they were just so good. And I think it's not an accurate representation of Liquid's potential moving forward. Did you guys cast the China region as well? No, the China region was going on at the same time as all the others. So they were doing that on like a second channel. Okay. And uh yeah, just too many games to be cast by one by one channel. That's fair. Uh yeah, cuz I was I was actually looking at the results of that and and the, the one interesting thing I do find about the Chinese region is uh maybe as you'd almost expect cuz we've seen this from them before, they're organized online tournaments there and everything. Uh the the six teams competing in it all had their full rosters good to go uh from from the looks of it at least. And ultimately in the end though, RNG Royal never give up. Did uh did win it they beat newbie in the grand finals there they were first in the group stage and first in the playoffs and newbie was the big surprise i'd say uh obviously ig and psg lgd being a bit of a surprise as well getting uh lgd got fifth they got knocked out yeah they they were both knocked out in the group stage uh so that was a bit odd but at the end of the day i'm not too surprised about that just because the china region is obviously very competitive and just newbies, a very new roster uh, to the scene. Like most of them are names you've never heard of and them making it to the finals the way they did against such strict competition was, was impressive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Again, LGD it's, we're still, this has been an interesting year to say the least uh, for them. Now yeah. with everything happening, we'll see if they even have a chance to <laughs> really recover. Well, it's been pretty atrocious, but um yeah, so that, that's kind of all the other regions. But again, back on the European CIS, uh, like I said, we're, this is only this is only day day three that just happened today, and you know we're, we're playing. Uh, what is it? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. So it's 
what, uh, 14 days in total. So, and like you said, it's 14 days in total of this group stages of the round robin. It's two groups of eight teams in each group. And then at the end of that, the top four from each group will advance on to a double elimination playoff stage and then uh, play it out for there. And again, they're, they're competing for a $200,000 prize pool, so some solid money. Obviously, really, the only play going on right now on top of that great competition. But uh, yeah, so these next couple of weeks certainly going to be a lot of fun to to follow it and see a lot of these big name teams. You also pointed out, though, you do have to keep in mind there are some substitutes and some roster changes here and there um, that uh, that are in play. One very interesting one I noticed: NIP Ramses is actually uh, playing them uh, for them as uh, Lellis and Universe. I guess those Ramses in Milan are stepping in for Lellis and Universe. Of course, them being from the Americas, so. Um, but uh, that kind of segues us into more of a permanent change that has taken place um, on a team called Alliance. And now this is something. Have you heard of them? Yeah, it's, they've, they've won a TI in the past. They've done some things, I suppose. Um, interesting. That's, I guess, the first word I would use, uh, like kind of like dumbfounded. It kind of came out of nowhere. The fact that uh, the announcement happened, Alliance, uh, in late March there. Last week, they announced uh, no longer going to be playing with uh, Fata as well as three three removed from the team. It's like okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be careful here because I know more information than I I don't want to say I know more than I should. Just like talking to people like Blitz and being behind the scenes, you know, you hear about things, but uh, I'm not trying to be like that guy. Oh, I've got a secret, and I'm not going to tell you. Okay, but like uh, I know for a fact this was not an amicable kick. Like this was not like a mutual agreement amongst. Oh, yeah, I didn't think uh, it was. 33, yeah. 33 Fata and, and all of Alliance. So to the viewers at home wondering, uh, this caught them off guard as well. Uh, I There's just Dota, a man. weird situation. And all I know from the behind the scenes is it's not exactly clear to them why it happened. Uh, I'm under the impression myself, my interpretation the best I can is that if Alliance has the opportunity and interest from S4 to be added back on, that they would have a hard time justifying to themselves not to do it, if not for any other reason. Obviously, he's a good player, mm-hmm. but for the fact that S4's name represents a lot on the uh, Alliance brand, brand. itself. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it, is maybe somehow Loda came into... Uh, talks with S4, you know, Lotus, the whole manager and everything of the team. Uh, I'm imagining that's how it happened. And with that being said, uh, I'm not 100% sure why they kicked both of them. I think 33 and Fada are a package. Like, I think those two are together. So um, I guess they were kicking 33 and then Fada decided to go with him after it was all said and done. I also know they wanted S4 as a captain, so maybe they needed to kick their offlaner and the captain at the same time. I, I'm not. It, there's a lot of ways it could have gone down, but uh, honestly, I, it's like you can't really blame Loda if that's like what happened. But at the same time, you also like, like, is that <laughs> scummy? You know, like, is that like? Uh, I like, have a different opinion. Interpre- 
Go ahead. Well, I, I, I can blame Loda. I can't blame because like, again, I don't know behind the scenes information necessarily on this, but as you, as you kind of put it there, I think that was a good word to use. This is, this is a brand move. It, it's pretty evident yeah. that the fact that, and I could totally see that scenario. Now, again, I, I don't know what actually happened. So I'm speaking of just what I could see happening, but uh, the idea that S4 made the strong point, he really wants to come back and play S4. He obviously has history in, in Dota 2 in general, one of the more popular players. We have the S4 meme and everything. On top of that, Alliance. Uh, and he, does he have ownership in Alliance as well? I actually I'm don't know sure. that. Okay. I have no idea. So that, that could even be part of it too. But whether, whether he does or doesn't, obviously the history is there. So, but what... And why I say that, that certainly feels like that was the case on top of it just being, you know, his history... This, we're talking about a team that arguably was the second best team in Europe. They were sixth place in the DPC. They've been looking so good as of late. Where the it, it just made no sense. It's not like they had some poor results recently. It it was very very evident that this was not a mutual agreement. And the, the announcement came out of nowhere. And yeah, the idea that the three three and fought to be in a being a bit of a package deal, whether he stood up for him or what again, whatever the case is, the captain role, um, certainly uh, could could see that being applicable here. So if that is the case, I I I I, I hate it. I I, I mean I guess, you know, contracts are there for a reason. But at the same time, you know, when we talk about, oh, you know, players should honor their contracts with organizations. Well, this is why, you know, maybe sometimes that's not the case because organizations will just go right back and make moves like this, cut the players. And then now also in 3-3 and Fata are found without a team, a team that was a, like I said, sixth place in the DPC and having to figure out what the hell they're going to do now. Uh, at this point into the season so yeah, it's definitely not an improvement in the near future if no. not for a long time that's like the question you know uh s4 has never happened before so maybe they're trying to groom it for next season based on what's happened recently but well, at the same time like you're qualified for ti pretty much so it's like why would you sacrifice the points of losing two players there's a lot of question marks in the air there, there's really no way for me to comprehend why uh, you know what the you know, crunching the numbers, running all the simulations in your head and be like, this is what we're going to do. And uh, I know what you mean. I say I can't blame Lona simply because I know how the Dota scene works. It's very cutthroat, very harsh, very uh, leapfrog off the guy below you to get what you want out of a situation. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing. And I'm not saying what Loda did is correct, but I am saying that I've seen it enough times at this point to be like, well, there we go again. Uh, uh, you know, just another organization, another roster swap, another maybe premature ending to, to a story that uh, could have been something great. Yeah. I, it's still even just even talking about now, I'm still seeing it like this actually happened. You know, you know, the funny thing too, funny, not so funny, however you want to put it, they made the S4 announcement on April 1st. And so... Yeah, yeah, I know. A lot of people are like, is this an April Fool's joke? Yeah, I, I'm saying... Well, because oh, Admiral Bulldog also chimed in, too. Like, I'm back, baby. And it's like, okay, well, obviously that's not true. Bulldog's but an idiot. I mean, then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a good way, right? Yeah. Bulldog's uh, <laughs> a goober, I guess, would probably be a better description of what I mean. Well, it's, well the, again, to that point, it's like, when he said, obviously, he knew it was a troll. I mean, that, that, that's, that's who he is. But... 
then the S4 announcement happened, and it's just, and it's just like, wait, what? What? So is this true? Is it? And I, a couple days later, it's like still the news, and I'm like, oh, I, I, and I'm sure like a lot of other people were like, oh, I guess it is true. Uh, but then I'm like, wait, they lost two players, and now where does that leave them with with the other players? So. It's yeah, I uh, it, it feels odd, and I, I feel for three three. You mentioned he's playing, uh, or he played with uh, OG today, uh, you know, as a stand-in, and obviously don't expect anything f- uh, there as a permanent move. But um, it, we're three uh, three has been a great player, the, the upcoming player last year, and has definitely made us a uh, strong point this season. Going back to the captain role too, the other thing I don't get there too, Hanskin has a ton of captain and leadership from his previous history, so. That that's another part of the move where I'm just like, why not just make him the captain then? And uh, but again, that 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 screams more to me that this was a power play with S four, you know, working with the alliance organizations that he he wanted to to be a, not only a player on the team but even a captain. So again, it's we'll see will it work out? It's possible it could still work out in the end for them, but I still think it's uh, the way the way it happened and just how it feels and the, all of a sudden and everything it. It, d- it does seem a little not right in, in many ways, but best of luck to 3-3 and Fata. <laughs> Obviously, any team would be, you know, happy to have them, I'm sure, especially if they are looking for players themselves. But, hey, it, it is Dota. We obviously have been through plenty of these weird roster shuffles in the past. This is certainly uh, just a more recent one and what's going to continue to be a thing as we move on, I'm sure. So, okay, that's uh, so that was the Alliance situation. Um, yeah, so that's again, Zibe currently is standing in for them. Actually, he's he's a very solid player. He is Swedish as well, and I know you know, of course, uh, Alliance does have a lot of history with the con- country of Sweden. So, kind of wonder there if that could become more of a permanent thing ultimately. But um, I, they may look for a more traditional support player as well. I'm sure Zibe usually is more of an offlane player from his history. So, um. One other team uh, announcement, again, talking about more permanent changes, that was uh, announced a little bit out of the blue was uh, LGD International. Uh, they announced a uh, team uh, LGD themselves of what's Ajit, Black, GY, Bryant, and Ray. So a couple of those names you certainly would recognize uh, being Ajit and Black specifically. Uh Dominic, always good to see him back and playing. He's, he's just an awesome guy and hasn't had the most success recently, but... I don't know if I should expect any have the highest expectations of this team. Frankly, they are competing in the Southeast Asia region, though, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But any thoughts on this team? Uh, just another team to keep an eye out for. But uh, I'm always skeptical of new teams being formed. It's very hard to break into the Dota scene. A lot of the teams in the SA region, specifically, such as Boom, as well as Adroit, these are teams that have been together in the same roster for a long time before they've accomplished something of merit. So. Uh, I, I just think Dota is a really hard game to play catch up. You know, if a team is better than you, and unless you're taking players from previously tier one teams, it's it's hard. It's hard, man. Like you know, even like Dendi putting together his stack. Clearly, they're not terrible, but they're clearly a drastic step down from from these other teams they're competing with. Uh, even though OG kind of gave them a close series, I really don't think they're remotely on caliber with OG. Uh, based on that series itself. But I do appreciate the fact that teams like this exist, and I do enjoy watching them try to develop. But a team like this, I'm definitely just... I'm almost surprised they're forming right now, you know, based on everything going on in the world. But uh, I'm glad to see that organizations are still 
someone interested in, in adding teams because we saw the opposite case with uh, MSS here. Yeah. All right. Well, other than that, not uh, too much else happening in the, the roster shuffle right now, but those are definitely the, the bigger ones, especially, again, the, the alliance situation there. But I think that uh, pretty much uh, takes us to the end, though, of uh, another successful week in the books here as far as yeah. the Wampakama podcast goes. So as always, BSJ, anything else you want to add? I just want to say you know, I didn't do the pre-stream, so I do appreciate everyone who's tuned in and I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show and everyone who's here in the uh, podcast later on. Uh, just uh, look forward to basically going through this event that I'm on right now because if you want to see the wild ride, it's kind of just a, my life for the next <laughs> two weeks. So it's kind of weird. But uh, Are you guys I'm, doing the playoffs know, on top of that, by the way? What's the deal uh, with that? I'm doing all 14 days of the EU region, I think. So, yeah, because so. then, then – so that's the group stages, but then there's the playoffs. I don't know if those are actually scheduled yet, I guess, or not. Maybe but, not. Okay. Then I'm kind of <laughs> just going with the flow. I'm Focusing just being on the now. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to think more than even one or two days ahead. So I'm kind of just like, well, there's another 10-hour day. If I think about the fact that I'm doing this for two weeks in a row, that's a bit overwhelming. So rather I just say, okay, here we go again. You know, six hours of sleep and three hours at home and back to the back into the. Hey, uh, you, you're going to hang out with the energy of Grant all day. So, I'm yeah, sure it's too. actually a really good time. We were talking about it together uh, to be all completely honest. We were just like, if we had to do this, we couldn't imagine much other people we'd want it. We'd rather do it with. So yeah. it's uh, it's been really fun. The group of guys is great. And uh, all the shit we're giving each other on the panel, it's obviously just and all all in good fun we're actually all good buds it's been very enjoyable and uh and i make comments about how exhausting it is because it is but it is, it's yeah. a great problem to have you know it's a, it's it's not i don't want to sound like i'm whining i'm not complaining it's just it yeah. is it's crazy i do feel my mind deteriorating <laughs> i'm like by the end of the day you hear me casting and i've i've you know uh i've What's the word? I always crazy. I try not to think too hard when I'm on my stream because I or when I'm on the mainstream. So I want to make sure I choose the right word. My I've devolved into my crappy dad jokes and all that kind of (laughs) stuff when I get onto the when I get in these late panels. But uh, it's it's just it's a bonding experience. We'll, We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, and and yeah, it's to definitely back that up. I mean. Yes, we lo- we love our jobs. You, in your case, right now, you you love doing what you're doing. But you know, anyone that works a job that requires 12 plus hour days, day after day after day, you know, no matter what the job is, it's understandable to to be a little bit exhausted from it. But I uh, know, keep it up, man. The the grind is real, and definitely uh, not only myself, but I know literally tens of thousands of others are tuning in to watch some great Dota. Yeah, I just hope everyone's enjoying it with us. Like yeah. that's the goal. Is you know, we all we're just here to help tell the story or help like guide everyone along. And uh, we always like, it's funny. We always say when we're watching the game, our goal, like Grant says this too, is uh, our goal is when we're watching the Twitch chat of our game, that it's not about us, you know, it's just mm-hmm. us. Uh, bring, like we're all sharing the experience together. And that's, that's what we're all going for. And, and uh, I hope everyone that if you are tuning into this and you haven't tuned into the event, you should definitely check it out. It's been a good time. 
All right. I think that's a good note to officially wrap it up on, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for uh, following the podcast, uh, not only throughout the podcast platforms that are out there, but, of course, on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash prediction esports. For those that are tuning in live, shout out to you guys, uh, as mentioned earlier as well. And also any subs that come through definitely help support uh, not only our show, but to all the shows that are under that prediction uh, umbrella right there so big shout out to bsj once again doing the grind and you guys right now so it's uh, set to be back next week so looking forward to that already as well plenty more dota to take place within that time so you guys tuning in shout out to you we'll see you guys next week here on the wombo combo podcast big shout out one more time also to mss for joining us right well. on have a good Thanks, night Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.